Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of the Tiger Shulman Smithtown Podcast. I'm Sensei James Leonelli, owner and head instructor of Tiger Shulman's here in Smithtown. Once again, I'm back in my home recording space, ready to give you guys a little bit of food for thought. All right, last week we had uh, my whole rundown about the big event we're doing in my school, a little bit more about that later. But uh, this week, the event's already ongoing and uh, videos are already being filmed and such. So I wanted to get back to our idea that we have where every week I talk to you guys about you know, the little things that are going on, little life lessons, thoughts, uh, motivation, whatever it is that we want to use to help ourselves be a little bit better as we listen to this, whether it be this week or any week in the future. Uh, you know, I, I know that there are certainly people who tell me all the time, that uh, you know, they they find the podcast and then they go back and they listen to all the old episodes. Good, great. That's the whole idea of putting something on the internet. It lasts for forever. So, what I wanted to talk to you guys about this week is what I've been talking to my classes about this week as well, and I'll get into why a little bit later. But this thought that I had, it resonates from a parable. That, was, that I'm sure many of you guys have heard before, but nonetheless, I'm going to share it because it's kind of the framework for the idea we're going to talk about this week. So it's a, it's a Cherokee parable. Cherokee Indians, obviously. So here we go. Uh, an old Cherokee is teaching his grandson about life. A fight is going on inside me, he said to the boy. It is a terrible fight, and it is between two wolves. One is evil. He is anger, envy, sorrow, regret, greed, arrogance, self-pity, guilt, resentment, inferiority, lies, false pride, superiority, and ego. He continued, the other is good. He is joy, peace, love, hope, serenity, humility, kindness, benevolence, empathy, generosity, truth, compassion, and faith. The same fight is going on inside you and inside every other person too. The grandson thought about it for a moment and then he asked his grandfather, but which wolf will win? And the old Cherokee simply replied, the one you feed. Now, like I said, I believe this is a parable that many of us are very, very familiar with. It doesn't make it any less powerful, and it certainly is in its own right, but it's very much a, a similar thought to what I was talking about with my classes this week, and it all stemmed from a phone call I got. So I got a phone call. I have this new young man in my school who's only been in school for a couple of months, uh, you know, may, maybe as many as two or three months now. And, of course, in the time of those two or three months, you know, he, he had a stomach bug for a week, and then there was, a, you know, a week here where they were away. You know, so maybe now that I think about it, he's been in the school all told about three months. And he's a really good kid. He's sassy. He's got a little bit of a bit of a attitude to him, but in a good way. Uh, you know, in, in that he's got some personality to him and uh, he's not afraid to have that personality. 
And he's also not really afraid to speak what's on his mind. So I get a call from his father, and it's 20 minutes or so before class. And his father you know, identifies himself and says, so Nixon is telling me he doesn't want to go to class today. And I told him that if he's going to uh, make that decision for no real reason, he's got to call Sensei and tell him why. So I'm going to put him on the phone. And then I asked Nixon, what's up? And he goes, I don't want to go to class today. I'll go on Friday. And I said, why? And I'm greeted with silence. This is long pause. And then I hear him uh, using the filler sound all kids that age use. Uh, where he's trying to come up with what he thinks is a good answer. And he responds again, oh, I'll just come in on Friday. I said, why don't you want to come in today? And he thinks, and he goes, I don't know. And his dad responds to him in a similar vein to me. I don't know isn't an answer, son. Since I asked you a question, and you got to give him an answer. And now feeling confronted, which I could tell he feels, Nixon responds to his father, I think maybe I don't like karate anymore. Now, we know what's happening at this point in time. He's getting called out on his baloney a little bit. Right? He's being a little bit of a pain in the butt. He's being a little bit lazy. And Dad and I are calling him out on it. He doesn't want to admit that he feels lazy. And because he's getting called out on it, he tries to find some nonsensical reason as to why he can't, he can't come into class. So I said to him, I'm like, Nixon, I don't think you don't like class anymore. I said, I think what you don't like is being called out on being lazy. But here's the thing. Everybody feels that way sometimes. So what you're going to do for me today is you're going to come to class. And you're going to try your best. And at the end, we're going to talk a little bit more. But I bet you, at the end of class, you're going to feel really, really good. And Nixon comes to class. And he does really well. That little personality of his comes out doing great, uh, answering questions, all sorts of energy in class. He's got this real serious look on his face while he's training. And at the end of class, we're talking, and I explain to the kids what I'm going to talk about in a minute, the idea of two voices in our mind and the battle that everybody faces. But to conclude with Nixon, after the talk of the class, I, you know, I made him a star, I said, Nixon, do you mind if I share with everyone? He goes, no. I said, can I, I can tell them what we talked about today? He goes, yeah. So I tell him, I'm like, Nixon didn't want to come to class today. I'm like, but who else has felt that way? And of course, some kids are hesitant to raise their hand, but I'm like, no, it's okay, be honest. And every kid raises their hand. I said, but what happens if you sit home on those days? You let the, you let the wrong voice win. When you let that wrong voice win, it's that much easier to let it win again next time and let it win again next time. The only way to build that other voice strong is to be strong enough to let it win. And after the class, I touch base with him again. I'm like, so how do you feel? Or I ask him in front of the class, how do you feel? And he goes, great. I said, aren't you proud of yourself that you got here today? He goes, I am. And after the class, I catch him before he gets out the door. 
and I give him a little bit more motivation. I let him know how proud I was of him for overcoming the lazy. And I tell him, I'm really proud of you, man. You did exactly the right thing. Gave me a fist bump before I walked out the door. He was all smiles. And for today, that problem is solved. Now he's a kid. So I'm sure that we'll have that problem again. Every kid does. He's a human being. See, this will kind of help me parlay into what I was talking about with the kids and what really helped make this resonate and really helped drive it home for them. They think because as a child, they're immature, they don't have very much life experience. They think that as soon as they feel that, that way, that lazy way, that they just shouldn't do something. They shouldn't do that thing. It makes sense to them, just not do it. But we know as adults who've lived through some stuff, who've had some days, who've done some things in our life that you're not going to feel it 100% every single day. You're just not. But on those days, you still dress up, you show up, and you do it up every single day. Because when you do, you will always leave yourself with a sense of satisfaction. When you don't, you'll leave yourself with a sense of defeat. See, what I talk to the kids about and I want to talk to you guys about are the two voices we have in our mind. Because as human beings, we have a lazy voice. And that lazy voice in our mind does not want to change what we're doing. It doesn't matter how much fun the thing on the other side is. You just want to keep doing the thing you're doing. I mean, think about it. I, the example I gave to the kids was this. You could be watching your favorite movie and your, favorite, and your best friend calls on the phone. But you don't want to stop watching your favorite movie to go talk to your best friend. Is the conversation with your friend going to be as enjoyable as a movie? Of course. But we don't want to stop doing one, one fun thing in favor of the next. Right? Even if you absolutely love the thing that's coming next, if you're settled in, it's difficult to break that momentum. I mean, think about it. We learned this in science class when we were kids. Objects in motion tend to stay in motion. Objects at rest tend to stay at rest. Now, if we're thinking about this logically, we understand that every single person with every single thing has that little backward, back and forth inner monologue. The one that's drawing them to be lazy. That's telling them to make the, for lack of a better word, weaker decision. The decision to be easy on themselves, to give in to the fatigue, to give in to the lack of motivation. But the thing is, as human beings, we will never always be motivated. Just like you will never always be happy. Just like you will never always be satisfied. You just won't. You're a human being. Emotions are fleeting. And when you count on them only as the basis to make you do whatever you're going to do, and only them, you're not going to be able to do those things very, very consistently. See, the thing that we forget is that every relationship is cyclical. There's ups, there's downs. The people I've known the longest in the world, our relationships are like that too. 
I'll use my parents as an example. There have been times in my relationships with my parents where we were super close. There were other times where we just weren't. Not like I wouldn't trust them in, in, intuitively and not like I, I wouldn't tell them anything. But there were times they were my first phone call. There were other times that they were fourth or fifth or sixth on the list. It just is. That's the way every relationship works. Right? There are times when your spouse, when you, the, all you want to do in the world is spend time with them and be with them and, and, and you just want to be around them with every ounce of your being. There are other times that you do not even want to be in the same room as them. You just need like 10 minutes away from them. That's okay. It doesn't change. You don't love them less because you're a human being who needs their own space sometimes. You're human. See, kids, again, to bring it back to them, they don't understand this prospect. They must think that every adult wakes up in the morning and is super motivated and excited to go to work. And they're super motivated and excited to drive to work. And super motivated and excited all day at work. And then when they get home, they're super excited and motivated to do it again the next day. Did that sound like you? Oh, it didn't? Yeah, that's right. Because that's not the way the world works. There are plenty of days where your head comes off the, p the pillow and you're like, I would rather have intrusive dental work than go to work today. But you get up and you go. Not because you're always motivated, but instead because you're always self-disciplined. That's the thing. See, people think that they build their way to super high levels of discipline like a light switch. Like you don't have self-discipline and then magically you do and you have this extreme level. That's not the way it works. That's not the way anything works. You don't build anything like that. And don't get it twisted. You build self-discipline. And you build it in those little moments where you're fighting the fight between those two voices. Where the one is trying to get you to make the wrong choice. It's trying to get you to sit on the couch. Right? It's trying to get you to call out of work or make the poor nutritional choice or not get your workout in that day or push that project off to the next weekend. That's the way that our brains work. They constantly want to kick things down the road. But it's not the best way. What's way better is to get up and go. Well, how? How do we do it? Simple. You don't focus on all of these little fights. You just focus on the next one. That's it. Uh, famously, Alcoholics Anonymous has a slogan, and they say, one day at a time. I think that's a great metaphor for life. right? Sure, when they're talking about their sobriety, Talk about it one day at a time. You take your sobriety one day at a time. You don't focus on being 180 days sober. You focus on being one day sober and then two days sober and then three and so on. So you don't focus on being the kind of person who never gives in to that moment of weakness. You focus on being the type of person who doesn't give in to the next moment of weakness. And then don't give in to the next moment of weakness, and so on, 
and so on and so on. And this is how you build this habit. This is how you build this skill. Because the thing that we, we lose sight of is you are what you do repeatedly. Put this into uh, put this into sports or athletic terms. If you're the type of person who when they swing the golf club, they lift their head with they swing the golf club, that's a very hard habit to break because it's built into your motion. Ever watch a baseball player when they're up at bat? The idiosyncrasies that they have each at bat, each pitch? Like I remember years ago there was a player for the New York Yankees, a guy by the name of Chuck Knobloch. And in between every pitch, he had these idiosyncratic movements that he would do. He would tighten one glove, then the other, and knock the dirt off one cleat, and then the other. He'd adjust his helmet, shake out his jersey, and then he'd get back in the box. And it was the same thing between every pitch. Super idiosyncratic. Super regimented. But the thing with it is, when we think about that, right? that's the way he does everything. Everything was idiosyncratic with him. It's the same with people, right? The people who you know, those friends of yours that are late, they're late to everything. They're not late just to like the movie. They're late to movie and to game night and to like when you guys all go out to meet up for dinner and to work and to family engagement. They're late to everything. That's just who they are. The person who's disorganized and loses things, they don't lose one thing. They lose everything. By the same token, this works just as well positively. The person who's on time, they're always on time. The person who's prepared, who has spares, who has extras, they're always prepared. They always have spares. That's just who they are. It's part of who they are as a person. Why? Because they do it day in and day out. So when you take this same idea and you think about the two voices in your mind, the one that pulls to laziness, the one that pulls to comfort, the one that pulls to complacency, the one that tries to keep you exactly the same. And then you think about the other voice, your inner David Goggins, if you will, who's pushing you and motivating you and telling you what you have to do, that you have to get off the couch and get after it. When you think about those two voices, which one wins? Simple. The one that you listen to repeatedly. Life is momentum driven. Listen to the right voice a few times, it gets much easier to listen to that right voice again. Listen to that weaker voice, it becomes much easier to give in as well. That's the thing. Those options are always there. Always. But, do you give in? Or do you persevere? Right. To finish this idea, talk about a bit from a Joe Rogan special a couple of years ago. And he was talking about, you know, being like a manly man and, you know, living with a, in a house full of women with his two young daughters and his wife. And he goes, you know, as a man, you know, it, it chips away at your manhood, chips away at your manliness. It's like if my manhood was a pile of marbles. It's not like every day they, they take the marbles away. It's just every day they walk up and they steal two. But that's the thing, right? Every day you win one battle and then you win another and then you win another. What are you doing? You're building momentum. You're making those right choices day in and day out.
because the more chips you stack on that stronger voice's side, that voice of self-discipline, the easier it is to listen to them in the future. The other way, when you t listen to the other voice, the more chips you're stacking in that direction. Remember, hearing that lazier voice doesn't make you weak, doesn't make you lazy. It makes you human. Everybody has the voice. But you want that other voice to win? All you've got to do is make that choice. Right? Make the right choice. Follow that course. So that's all I have for you guys this week. With that being said, I wanted to remind you guys about Sarah's One Minute Challenge. You can find the challenge on Instagram and TikTok at Sarah's1MC. That's Sarah with an H. You can find it on Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash Sarah's number one minute challenge. Online, it's at sarahschallenge.com. If you guys didn't yet watch the videos that are up there and see who's challenged, I am officially challenging all of you listeners to take the challenge. Help us raise money for charity. As always, you can reach me via email, senseileonelli at gmail.com. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Sensei underscore Leonelli. On Facebook, I'm Sensei James Leonelli. You can find my school online at tskSmithtown.com. On Facebook, we're at facebook.com slash TigerShulmanSmithtown. On Twitter and Instagram and TikTok, we are at TSMMA underscore Smithtown. Uh, you can find out more about the Tiger Shulman's organization as a whole at tsk.com. Find the podcast on Instagram at TS Smithtown Podcast. And until next time, I'll see you guys on the map.